Yo. Episode 50. 5 Yeah. Five-o. Who knew we'd get here? I mean, <laughs> I guess I did. I'm just saying. <laughs> the big 5 This is when you know you've made it. When your num- When you hear numbers, when I hear number 50, you know what I think of? I think of 50 cent. Uh, you know how random that is but that's when you know you made it all so right you said 5-0 i was i started singing a 50 cent song in my head okay okay sidetrack we made buck it. adams okay buck adams we made it to buck adams episode 50 yes and i feel like what you all don't know is that buck and i buck and us have been communicating for literally the last seven months um staying in touch we wanted him on seven months ago and um he was just busy and he was working on getting art for redemption up and running and we agreed that we wanted to wait until it was all up and running and so i just feel like it's um the perfect episode for episode 50 yeah so kizza what is that called that word is met Kismet. <laughs> Kismet. Some some serendipity. Kizza. I don't know where I got Kizza from. Some Kismet, guys. That's what this is. Episode 50 is full of Kismet. Um, but Buck is a neat guy that we got the chance to, a neat man that we got the chance to connect with. He's committing a considerable portion of his life's effort to helping reform the prison system through a unique medium, uh, mm-hmm. the medium of art and storytelling. Um, and then, you know, trying to set up complementary infrastructures that would empower people inside the walls to still be contributing to their loved ones who are on the outside and in actual contributing members of society as a whole. So thoroughly enjoyed our chat with him. I thought it was great. And I agree with everything you said. He's also um, no stranger to entrepreneurship. He himself was incarcerated and you'll hear um, briefly about why, but prior to that, he he founded a really successful business and ended up selling it. And so he's no stranger to entrepreneurship. So I love that in this episode, we really get to see the story of an entrepreneur that's truly making a difference. And he he gives a lot of insight guys too, just on Farah asked him the great question of how do you start? And he gave some fantastic, but honest answers that um, aren't mind blowing by any means. No, you know, but if you follow him, he tell, he's telling you the answer as someone who's lived it. So mm-hmm. you'd be benef- you'd benefit to take his advice on that if that's something that is really lying on your heart right now and starting a business. Um, episode 50 was a blast. And it's time for them to listen to episode 50. Heck yes. We hope you enjoy it. All right. And as always, guys, make a difference. What's up, everyone? Darius here, one half of the team here with the Make a Difference podcast. This is episode 50, 50, 50, um, And today we have the pleasure of being with Buck Adams, who amongst many things is a entrepreneur, teacher, mentor, art curator. And as we'll learn and discover uh, a prison, he's a, I would say a, a prison system reformer. I would be how I would coin him, just someone who is trying to make a difference, what we actually stand for on this podcast. Uh, and among other things, downtown Denver resident, uptown re- resident of Denver <laughs> with a beautiful <laughs> skyline behind him. You guys can't see it, but we get to see it. And um, Buck, welcome to the Make a Difference podcast. Hey, thanks, Darius. I appreciate being here. Well, it's great to have you. And so the, the way we always kick it off is, we ask you to take us and the listeners uh, a little bit of a journey on towards your, into your backstory. You know, like here you are, 2021, Denver, 
Um, I mentioned, you know, the view and things like that, but how do you, how do you get there? You know, where, where does life really kick off and the journey start for you? Yeah. So for this chapter of life, uh, what we're talking about with art for redemption, um, and this entrepreneur, um, uh, I guess vehicle that I'm in right now with, with art for redemption, um, I was an entrepreneur prior to this and I uh, found myself in a situation with a squatter um, and became kind of the proverbial frog in boiling water and didn't, you know, realize my own self-talk and, and anger and found myself in an altercation um, during that process. And I had to spend a little bit of time, as I say, in a, a state funded vacation Um <laughs> But uh, went to the big house and through that process, um, saw a lot of uh, creativity um, and a lot of amazing art being done um, behind the walls. And, um, you know, basically, you know, got a few pieces done for myself, you know, pictures of like my, you know, portrait of my dog and some different things that I was interested in. And was trading, you know, jars of peanut butter, packs of tuna fish for for these artworks. And I was like, there's got to be, you know, book of stamps so that they can guys can communicate back with their loved ones. And I started thinking there had to be a way to make this art available out to the public um, beyond the walls and bring attention to what we're trying to do um, on the reform of it. And that process, I found out it's kind of a don't ask, don't tell the barter system and um, the selling of art inside of prisons. So it's generally um, not allowed. So once I got out, I started working with the department of corrections here in Colorado and um, got the rules changed to allow um, inmates to actually hold a contract with an outside company that would allow them to make money. And then COVID happened. And um, it basically kind of just put the brakes on everything. But during that process, we partnered with Inked Magazine and ran a competition uh, for artists to submit their artwork to be published in a coffee table book. And um, that's what we're working on right now. Hmm. Interesting. So can I ask to go back a little bit because, you know, you... You, you got into a situation, landed you on the state-funded vacation pathway, right? <laughs> right. But coming out of that, you there's something in you that's empathetic to the condition of others, um, clearly. Where does that come from? You know, did you grow up that? Was that something that you just experienced, you know, through childhood or you learned it the hard way? You know, take us back a little bit further. Like, who's Buck maybe as a 17, 18-year-old? Yeah, so that's that's a good question on, on where that comes from. Um, I'd say maybe it's kind of always been in me a little bit to, to help others. Um, 17, 18, uh, graduated high school, went straight into the Marine Corps, um, got out of the Marine Corps, had some medical issues that I had to deal with. I got the, the clear on that, came out to Colorado um and kind of got my um teeth cut in business as you could say in a boiler room um situation um and i guess you if you're not familiar with what i'm saying with boiler room the movie boiler room or wall um 
and uh, kind of learned the the ropes around that, but then kind of realized what we were doing wasn't um, maybe the most scrupulous of, of um, businesses, um, but was making good money. It got into some real estate and some fix and flips, and then um, had an idea to start a business of my own. Um, went out and raised some money, got it started, scaled it, sold it to a private equity firm, and then um, uh, started a nonprofit that was in that same genre. That was um, it was a uh, greenhouse farming, and the nonprofit was uh, Veterans to Farmers, teaching veterans how to farm and then to sell their um their goods to us that we end up selling to whole foods um and then shortly after all that is uh you know i found myself in a whole different pathway as i said to uh to the big house or the state funded vacation um and through that process came up with this idea got out and um here we are today trying to make it a reality yeah. Now, during all of that, so when you were there inside the walls, was there a particular moment that sparked that at all? Or was just the continuous sort of observation process of seeing these people? Um, that's a good question. I, it, through the process, when I, uh, it was happening, I was thinking about it. And then there was... Um, uh, a group that came into prisons that were teaching entrepreneurship. And I was like, well, that's right up my alley. I, I understand that. Got involved with them, um, a nonprofit called Defy Colorado. And the, through that process, it kind of, you know, the ideation of an idea, this was the idea and this is kind of, you know, started working through it. And then that's when I kind of found out about some of the rules, don't ask, don't tell, and, and you know, some of the hurdles that would be, part of this journey so we um started working through that and um like i said got out and then today excuse me today we um are you know we've ran the competition we've launched the crowdfund um we've got our marketplace up and going on your guys's uh platform and um now it's just kind of back to the drawing boards a little bit on We've got to get some bridge financing put together to get to the next level. And, you know, just being the path of the entrepreneur of the, the roller coaster and ups and downs of, of you know, yeah. A-B testing and, and throwing things out and, and seeing what works, what doesn't work, what messaging might might resonate, what doesn't, you know, all that kind of things. Yeah. Now, with, with redemption, you know, redemption sort of has this sort of holistic type of complete, you know, connotation to it right it's a it's a it's a done deal um it, it, within the organization art for redemption uh do you have like really where does that go for these people who are who, these artists where does that go like so they have the opportunity to get the art out but is that where the work stops you were just producing a means to get the work out or is there, are there other things within the organization that you were touching on in the aim of helping them redeem their lives and the time back? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a big question and, and everybody has their own journey um, through that process. What, what I saw through it and, and some of the friends that I gained while I was on the inside 
Um, art was a way for them to work through some of their issues. Um, it was a way to do their time, obviously. Um, you know, most of the artists inside are um, what's considered outside art artistry, um, basically self-taught. You know, a lot of these guys just just to pass time would pick up a pencil and start drawing and being like, Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I have got a talent here and, and started just, you know, honing those things in and just spending the time. Yeah. And through that, I believe, you know, there's a therapy process that, that works through the, their, the, your own system, right. That, you know, mm-hmm. you're becoming involved with something that's, putting down things that you're either seeing or imagining and, and bringing it to life and the creation of art, um, I believe, you know, is a, is a evolving part of the humanity. I mean, art has been around from the beginning of time, right. With the cave drawings and, and the people seeing things and trying to replicate it on a wall. And then throughout history, it's been a way to bridge gaps on different communities and different mindsets and different things in the Renaissance eras and, you know, things like that. And so I always thought the art was a way to kind of bridge the gap between inside the walls and outside the walls. We're all humans. We all make mistakes, some worse than others. Some get caught, some don't. Some are, you know, paying a heavier price than others. But we're all, at the end of the day, humans. We all deserve a second chance and and forgiveness. And the the system, the way it's set up, it just doesn't really provide for that opportunity very much. Um, and so I was hoping for this that would allow that to happen in, a, in an organic manner. And then our mission um, is to help reform other systems such as Colorado that would allow inmates to hold contracts, to make money while they're in, that would help them pay their restitution, societal debts, child supports if they have it, stay in contact with their family. You know, it's um, the tax inside of prison, so to speak, um, with commissary, phone calls, you know, just staying in touch with family members can be a challenge. And so if there's a way that there's, you know, a connection that can help bridge that gap, stay connected, keep your support system, then when you get out, hopefully reduce recidivism rates and just, you know, allow for a different kind of experience than being in, you know, um, as you guys are probably well know, I mean, the system's broken. It just does not work. And especially with the addition to mass incarceration, you know, mandatory sentencing, the privatization of prisons, you know, it's just become a business of warehousing people. Um, and yeah. that just does not work for society. It's um, yeah. a broken model. Yeah. You know, and even even thinking about the contrast of that, when you put someone in, when you allow someone to be in a situation where they're now making something, you are internally, there's there's the opportunity for a realization to be had of like, I have options. There are things that I'm capable of doing, you know, um, which is a whole different rewiring, relearning process, which is very hopeful. So that's pretty, that's pretty amazing uh, what you're doing. Are you, this is a, a side thought, but I want to make sure I say it while I'm thinking of it. Are you f- familiar with NFTs at all? I am. Yeah, we're actually getting ready to launch an NFT marketplace Awesome on our side um, awesome. and working with some of the original artworks that we've got in on the inside um, and 
working with a couple of digital artists that take those um, yeah. stills and then kind of does some different digital aspects to it to make it kind of come alive in different ways. So That's we'll really be dropping cool. that in the next couple of weeks um, on Block Party, mm -hmm. which is a host for NFT um, a marketplace, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we are we're working on that. We're 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 you know as uh, as entrepreneurs, you know we're we're looking at all the different angles that might hit and and seeing you know different ways to get the name out there and what we're doing. Um, and you've mentioned something about hope, you know. Uh, hope goes a long ways. And yeah. if you lose hope and lose contacts and lose, you know, that you, know, you lose hope, you've kind of lost everything. And there's so many people that just get into that system and just get grinded down and just don't have a hope for, you know, like, well, what am I going to do? You know, this is the life now. And if you give hope and give opportunity, um, to another human, I think that, um, goes a real long ways. Agreed. So I, I do agree as well. I am hoping that you can take us through the process that happens. You mentioned that there was some red tape. You were able to cut through that red tape. And so, um, and I, and I understand that COVID kind of changed the pathway a little bit, but what is the process? How does this program work? How do the inmates get involved? How are they allowed to make the money? Where does the money go? Who is it being sold? Who is the art being sold to? All of that. Um, yeah. So, you know, luckily enough in, in Colorado, Executive Director Williams um, is a very forward thinking individual. Um, and he's wanting to reform the prison systems and believes that inmates should have an opportunity to make money, create a savings account, pay their societal debts, be, you know, prison is the punishment, right? You are segregated from your family, you're segregated mm -hmm. from community, but that doesn't mean that you should just be a warehouse number and not being a productive member of society, so to speak, or, or right. participating in some way. Um, so he's a true believer in that and, and creating that. So we're lucky that in Colorado, so the crowdfund that we launched, we, we were with the book. The idea was that he's writing the forward to the book on why he believes this way, why he thinks that inmates should be able to make money. And um, the idea is to buy a book and send a book to other wardens and DOC heads, such as Dean, um, nationwide. And hopefully that would allow other systems to open up and, and to allow this opportunity to happen. Um we started with a contest, I think I alluded to, um, that was a contest that they basically sent their art into that would um, be picked for this book. Uh, we're in the transition part right now of, of creating the marketplace that would allow them to then send their art in, be photographed, put up and for sale. Mm -hmm. um, so we are about two weeks from fully being two ish weeks <laughs> uh, <laughs> to to being able to launch that um, part of it so that the original artworks will be up for sale. We'll have a print on demand part of the marketplace so that you click on the original and, and decide that you'd rather have a print or maybe that's something that would be cool on a t-shirt or a hat or uh, a phone case. Uh, you'll have those print on demand options as well. That's awesome. Um, 
I think it's, it's so great. And I agree with everything you said prior with just, you know, really needing reform. And you're absolutely right. The punishment is prison. The punishment shouldn't be that they can't be members of society anymore. And I, I completely agree with that. So is the hope that you could eventually take this program nationwide? I understand it's only in Colorado now. Uh, actually, we had participants from 32 states in the country. Oh, very so, cool. Yeah. Um, and so we're hoping that those awesome. participants will then, you know, re- produce more art, put it up on the marketplace. Um, there's uh, a handful of states, too, that we got cease and desist letters from that, you know, we'll be <laughs> working, working through to help those changes. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, our hope is to be nationwide, become a premier marketplace for this type of genre of art. Um, and, you know, to, to um, you know, the, the feedback we get from inmates and from, uh, I should say, returning citizens, you know, 90% of the people that are in prison are coming back to society, are coming back to neighborhoods, are coming back to um, to family members are trying to participate back into the world, so to speak. And then, you know, what kind of person do you want that your neighbor to be when they come back? Do you want someone that's a, a hardened criminal because of the way that the systems are and that this is going to not look at any other opportunities and, and, and because of they don't have as much opportunity, fall back into the criminal mindset and replicate or, you know, um, and go back to prison. And that's, it's a revolving door right now just because of that situation. So if you can help reform the system and, you know, allow individuals to work through their process and their mindset to have hope or the understand that they have opportunity. Um, I think it just changes, um, you know, the way people think, if people change the way they think, they change the way they act. And if they change the way they act, they're, you know, starting to do things differently. Mm-hmm. So true. Um, okay. So we talked about the program, but, and, and in your intro, you did talk about kind of getting to this point, but we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast, a lot of people hoping to start a business. So I'm curious if you can kind of just take us through how, and this is not the first business that you've started. So we'll just call you a serial entrepreneur. That's okay. what we'll call you. But what is that process like for you, whether it was the business prior to this? How do you start a business, literally? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, obviously, it starts with an idea, right? It's yes. kind, of, kind of like um, people are like, well, are you an artist? I'm like, well, I have some art ideas, you know, I am. Um, <laughs> Um, but, uh, as like sitting down and actually making a drawing, I'm probably not that kind of artist. I, I believe entrepreneurship is art in itself. Um, and the fact that you have an idea and then bringing that idea into reality. Um, I believe anytime that you do that is an artistic endeavor, um, whether it be building a house or, you know, sitting down with a canvas and a paintbrush or a piece of clay and a table or some steel and some welding rods, you know? So um, there, there's an art side to all of that, I believe. Um, so how to do it? Well, uh, become pretty clear on what your idea is and the best that you can and, and try to put that into a business plan or at least an, uh, an essay of a business plan 
you know, obviously file your paperwork with the state and get your, you know, in uh tax ID number and all those nuances that go along with that. Um, and depending on what kind of the business is on, you know, figuring out what kind of modeling your financial modeling you need. If you don't know how to do that, finding the help that's in it, you know, just finding the people that will help you through that process. Um and then you know, taking the leap of faith, <laughs> and, and 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 just going going for it. You know, that's some of the biggest part of it is just you know, you know, just uh, just going for it. You know, it's uh, and there's no. It doesn't matter how much you've thought through it and how well you put together a business plan and how many people have vetted it and think through it. Once you start, it's not going to be what you think It's going to be, it's going to change and pivot. And most ideas that become super successful and whatever aren't the big picture that you're thinking that it's going to be, that's going to get there. It's going to be some nuance or niche or something that you find while you're testing and going through the process that starts the fire. And then, you know, this, you replicate and, you know, start to build upon the small successes that you have, you're going to have failures. You're going to have successes every day. It's going to be like, well, we tried this, that didn't work. We tried this. It kind of worked. Let's see if we can improve that, but kind of worked to make it work better. And it's just constantly, you know, that roller coaster of ups and downs and financial strains and, you know, all these things, but you know, the, how to do it. I, you know, I, I don't have a, uh, a magic wand saying, oh, this is how you do it. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> you just, you know, once they decide to be like, I'm going to do it and just go out and start doing it. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a definitely a process and takes always takes longer than you think. It's not, not always going to be how you think it's going to go, but you've got to be resilient and persistent um, to go through the challenges and to make, be, you know, I mean, failure is part of it. It's just, you're going to fail at things that you try and just understand that, but that didn't work. Let's try something else. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I mean, that's real. Um, you know, I, you mentioned failure. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious when it comes to art for redemption, what are, how challenging has it been doing what you're attempting to do? Because, you know, to my mind, there's a, there's a bigger entity at work that doesn't necessarily want to see your type of endeavors, you know, taking place and sort of building momentum. So from that standpoint of being something within a system, how challenging has it been for you in in terms of doing the work and starting to build that momentum? Oh man, during COVID, uh, You know, um, I, I got out and, you know, had felt like I was, you know, riding a pretty big wave um, of just small successes and, and, and getting things going and launched. And then, you know, the wave crashed on my head with COVID, um, and, you know, and then getting washed out and, and getting back on the board and, and looking around and being like, OK, that was you know, not, not exactly what I wanted to happen, but then, you know, like, you know, stepping back and going, okay, what can we do at this moment? You know, um, things have changed a little bit. We've happened to pivot of the plan. And that's when the contest idea came up and, you know, how do we get into prisons? We 
sent out like 5,000 mailers, didn't get a big response from that. We um, did some marketing inside of Colorado prisons. We got a little bit of response, but again, it was just, it was during the height of COVID when prison's already hard and then the extreme lockdowns that they were going through then not having access to, you know, supplies or whatever, other than maybe a pencil and, and notebook paper, or if they had a little bit of supplies in their cells. So um, it was a, a challenging time, but we got through it and now we're kind of on the backside. It seems like COVID's still here, but people are understanding what it is. Things are opening up more. Um, I've been able to, we just had an event with executive director Williams on the mural that we did downtown, uh, in, uh, Rhino's art district here in Denver. We did a, a large mural on a building that was a collage of all the artworks that we got for the contest. Mm. And, um, I'm getting kind of sidetracked. What, what, what was, <laughs> where was I going with that? Just how challenging uh, it has been, you know, overcoming setbacks, you know? Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's been, you know, like multiple times I was ready to throw in the towel and just would have a conversation with someone and I'd be like, okay, I'll go try that. And we'd have a small, a small success. And I'd be like, okay, we can build upon that. And, um, you know, it's the, like I said, you're, you're going to fail. It's going to be hard. There's going to be moments to just be like, this isn't worth it. I can't, you know, can't deal with this. Um, and then you get, you know, get your, you get your armor back on and get it shined back up by somebody that's a mentor or, or supporter. And you go back out and, and fight another battle and do, and, and, and hopefully get a small success that you can, you know, feel good about and, and build upon. Um, so it's just really constantly that not only mental and emotional roller coaster uh, of that of fighting through your own you know mindset about it, but um, you know just realizing that it's going to take a little bit more than you're expecting and and probably longer and taking a pause every now and then and step stepping back from being in the trenches and and. and taking a moment i think is really what allowed me to work through a lot of that is that like a lot of times when i got to that point i would just you know go for a hike or go do things for a few days and and get away from it versus just having the being in the bubble and and then coming back and going okay um you know after walking for four hours in nature you kind of be able to think through things a little bit differently you know so and come back and, and try things and, and and see what happens mm, yeah 100 um so let me ask without being getting too personal, feel free to be as personal as you want, <laughs> but who is Buck Adams outside of art for redemption and in the, in the mission there? Oh man. Big question. Um, uh, avid outdoors, you know, we, I live in Colorado, um, the mountains, um, I'm up there as much as I can be snowboarding hiking um recently got a dog and enjoying that um you know i'm a boyfriend i'm a friend um got a you know i was lucky enough to have a ton of support while i was in i had friends come visit me all every time that i had visitation um you know so um 
I was lucky enough to keep that support as well. So I had friends when I got out. I mean, like I was having trouble finding housing and a friend let me move in with him. Um, I, you know, my girlfriend stuck around with me through the process, which, uh, you know, that's rare and I'm lucky for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but who am I? Um, uh, you know, just, a, another guy trying to make some kind of change in, in the world, I guess would be, uh, one way to put it. I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. What kind of dog you got? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I, it's a, a giant schnauzer poodle mix. She's uh she's a oh. snoodle. A snoodle. <laughs> Let's go. Cute. Cute. Uh, uh, so I love all of that. Why is making change important to you? Um, well, I mean, change is the only thing that's constant, right? Um, so either we're trying to change things for the better or, or stay in status quo or allowing things to deteriorate. So, um, I think it's a, a, a positive thing to look at on well, if you can make a, an effort and make a small change. And even if it's just in a few people's lives or, or doing what you do it is if you find, um, passion in it, you know, empathy, uh, the humanity side of it, you know, we're all in this together. I mean, you know, um, so, um, if you can make it a better place for a few people, why wouldn't you? That's great. Yeah. All right. I dig it. We're going to rapid fire. Oh, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to. <laughs> uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Uh, let's start with what's your favorite quote? Oh, man. Um, I should have probably read your, your thing beforehand. <laughs> um, I have so no, many. No, it's better them. this way. It's better yeah, this way. <laughs> I, have, I have so many of them. I think one might be Henry Ford around persistence. I forget exactly how it goes, but basically, you know, it doesn't matter how hard you get it. That you know, persistence at the end of the day is what will will pay out. Um, so I, I always keep that in in my mind. It doesn't really matter, you know, how how blessed you are or how things easy go. There's always going to be hard times, and if you can persist through it, you're you'll, you'll end up successful in one way or another. That's great. Last book you read and finished. Oh, um, that's a good question. I was such an avid reader during my time in um, that uh, I read so many and they kind of blur together. And once I got out, I haven't really picked up a a book. Uh, I've been too busy doing other things. But um, while I was in, I really enjoyed Mishner um, and a series of books that he wrote on like Texas, the the Colorado Territory, the uh, the Pacifics. So that's the one that pops in my head um, immediately. All right. Um, When you think of a leader and it can be somebody who we would all know or somebody in your own personal life that we wouldn't know. But when you think back on your whole life, who are like the two best leaders that you feel you know, again, whether really famous leaders or on a personal level? Um, while I was in the military, I worked for a colonel 
the was the only colonel the stand colonel of pacific fleet it's generally held for generals but since he was field commissioned and prior enlisted they wouldn't let give him a general commission and but they gave him a general position um so that's one and another um man um there's so many great I've, i'm so blessed to have so many mentors in my life um maybe my girlfriend amy she's uh <laughs> she's she's a she's a rock star um and a leader in the community and a pillar in my life and uh just uh greatly appreciated her in my life shout out to amy awesome <laughs> Um, what's your favorite date night spot in Denver? Oh, um, well, um, there's a few, but last night we actually went on a date night with the pup. Um, we've got another puppy as well <laughs> that just broke his leg. Um, oh. and we had to wheel him around a little red wagon, but we went to a little restaurant in the corner here called Coperta, a little Italian place that's really cute and has a nice little patio and overlooking a little park. Um, and it's just right here in the neighborhood. So we kind of enjoy a couple of little restaurants here in the neighborhood that are walkable and can go to. Um, but I'd say the favorite date is probably a hike and enjoying a, a picnic up on top of a mountain somewhere. Yeah. We are very blessed to live in such a beautiful state with so many outdoor activities. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Last but not least, not so much rapid fire, uh, <laughs> but you know, you have the mic here. I'd I'd appreciate if you give us in the audience just a a minute from the heart of Buck uh, Buck Adams and just uh, just share a word for the people who are you know they're pursuing their different paths and things and dealing with their own setbacks and um, the various different things in the human experience. Um, so would you leave our audience with a, a just a word from you? Yeah. Um... I mean, like you just said, the human experience is one, don't be afraid to fail. You're going to fail. I mean, it's just part of life and um, be easy on yourself. Forgive yourself. I mean, that's to be kind to yourself, I think, is the biggest thing is to really don't be too hard. Beat yourself up too much. Know that, you know, we're all human. As you said, we're all going through the human experience. We all do some things great. We all do some things not so great. We're, there's moments that are wonderful and moments that are rough and sad and, and we make mistakes and just don't be too hard on yourself once you make one of those mistakes. Love it. Fantastic. Well, Buck Adams, thank you for being with us today. Episode 50 of the Make a Difference podcast. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be with us and Mad Podcast family, as always, thank you for taking the time out of your day as well to be with us. We we greatly appreciate it. And as my co-host likes to say, go out and make a difference today. 